chapter 15. Thank you for those testimonies. Verse 1, And straightway in the morning the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and the scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Art thou king of the Jews? And he answered and said unto him, Thou sayest it. The chief priests accused him of many things. Notice that. But he answered nothing. And Pilate asked him, saying, Answerest thou nothing? Behold how many things they witness against thee. And Jesus yet answering nothing, so Pilate marveled. Now at the feast he, was, he, was, um, he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever they desired. And there was one named Barnabas, or Barabbas, excuse me, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him who had committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude, crying aloud, began to desire him to do as he had um, ever done unto them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. But the chief priests moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. And Pilate answered and said unto him, What will... Uh, ye that I do unto him whom you call the king of the Jews. And they cried out again, crucify him. Then Pilate said unto them, why, what evil hath he done? And they cried out the more exceedingly, crucify him. Verse 15, and so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. Christ's conversation with the prefect Pilate. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this text of Scripture, and we're reminded, Lord, of what Jesus, our Savior, went with, went uh, through, not only on the cross, but prior to it. And tonight we take a look at this conversation and we're reminded, Lord, uh, so much of how you're so patient with us. And uh, Lord, we are not as thankful as we ought to be for what Jesus has done and is doing in our lives. Help us tonight, Lord, to examine our own hearts and lives, even through tough times, that we might uh, praise and give honor to our Savior in spite of certain things. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want you to turn, if you would, to 1 Timothy chapter 6 real quick. We're going to look at a verse, and then we'll get moving on here. 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul writes to Timothy in verse 13 these words, which sometimes we don't get, but the Bible says, I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things, 613, and before Jesus Christ, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. Again, we're, we're, we're reminded in Scripture several times about Christ our Savior being before Pilate. Now, I use the term prefect, prefect Pilate. The, the word prefect means a military governor. It also means a proconsul, head of state, viceroy, political controller or regulator. That, that's what he was hired to do. That was his position. Now, it was a position of renown, but it had an awful lot of responsibility to it. And uh, the difficulty for Pilate at that time was the Jews were in the city of Jerusalem and uh, they were upset with Roman rule, and quite often there would be uh, tumult. There would be 
insurrection talk. There would be people that wanted to riot. And, and although he had a great position, he was always, always working against that kind of pressure. The, the death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary was, of course, in the mind of our Father, was a sovereign act. It pleased the Lord to bruise him, the Scripture tells us. But, you know, God allowed certain people to be in certain places for certain reasons. And that will be true in our lives. Certain things will happen to us with certain people and certain individuals. And sometimes we don't even recognize the very hand of God moving in our lives. We want to blame it on the devil or something else, but sometimes it's God that's moving and uh, causing certain things to take place. Now, Pilate enjoyed the blessings, if you want to put, or the benefit of his position, but here in our text, as Jesus comes and stands before him, um, it was a lot of pressure, a lot of political pressure. Um, News had got to Caesar at different times about the state of the city of Jerusalem and how the Jewish people wanted to throw off the yoke of Rome. And and Pilate had the uh, responsibility of keeping all that down. In this particular day, he doesn't realize he's going to have face-to-face conversation with the God of all glory, the Savior, the Messiah of Israel. You never know what a day may bring forth, amen? And so here we see this conversation in God's time, in God's plan. And so the the Passover was also at hand during this time, and the city was overflowing uh, with these faithful Jews that have come to the holy city, and uh, they were getting ready to celebrate uh, one of the high days for the the Jews. And here Jesus uh, had had been a problem to Caiaphas and to the Jewish elders, and they they feel like they found a place in which they can finally get to him, cause him uh, to be put out or out of their way. And so the Sanhedrin, along with Caiaphas and all the other leaders, uh, they're there that day, and they're putting pressure on Pilate uh, to deal with this preacher, Jesus Christ. And they, they wanted his head, literally wanted his head. And, of course, they bring him before the Roman judge, Pilate, because the Jews themselves could not bring about the demise of Christ. They were under Roman rule, and they, uh, they had to uh, go to Rome for Rome to carry out uh, whatever judgment would be upon someone that had done some crime. And so here we see Jesus going to, going to stand before this Roman judge, Pilate, as he comes to the seat of judgment. He would be judging very God. And, of course, he didn't understand that this particular day. Now, Pilate wasn't happy that the high priest had caused uh, such political trouble in his, in his realm, in his day. Uh, and he would have probably dismissed them and had, had soldiers take them away from his presence. But because of the, the threat of uh, riot, he didn't want that information to get to Rome And so he gave these leaders, these Jewish leaders, audience. And uh, reluctantly, uh, that ended up with him having to deal with this Jesus of Nazareth. So for these reasons, Pilate had to speak to this prisoner. And uh, of course, Caiaphas and these other leaders were upset and and indignant. and, 
and uh, Pilate knew it, and so there was a lot of this political pressure upon him that particular day. And, and again, I wanted to remind us that uh, uh, someday we look at Pilate and realize he had to face Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the judge of all mankind. But someday, even if you're saved, you're going to stand before Jesus Christ. And we're going to give an account of our life to God. And if someone be here tonight that's not saved, then you're going to stand before God and give an account of your soul. And I hope if you're here tonight and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, that you would take that very seriously, that uh, he is the judge of all man. And I hope you know that you know that you know that you are truly born again. But in our text tonight, in the first five verses, we read the questioning, that's my first thought tonight, the questioning of Jesus. Now, who questions Jesus? Who, who would question God? But again, Pilate is not fully aware of who he is. He's heard a lot about him, his miracles, his no doubt uh, who he claims to be, but he doesn't believe it. And he's just fulfilling a duty, doing the job that uh, Rome had given him. And so he stands before Pilate and uh, meets this one who has had so many bring accusation against. And the scripture tells us that laced within that crowd were, were false witnesses. They had no real charges against Christ. All the charges were trumped up. They were made up. And here's what the people in the text, if you read, and, and we're going to go to Matthew 27 here in a minute, but if you read the, the text here of Jesus standing before Pilate, uh, the people, the false witnesses, the leadership of Israel would say things like this. He perverts the people. They said he teaches them not to give tribute to Caesar. Now, that would get a hold of Pilate's ears there. He'd perk up for that one. He calls himself a king, they said. Of course, that would also be something that Caesar would be upset about if it came to him. And then they made the statement, he breaks the law of Moses and dishonors our traditions. And of course, Pilate dismisses the former and he thinks, hey, this is not my responsibility. Matter of fact, Pilate said these words to that crowd that day, according to Scripture. He says, take him, uh, take and judge him for yourselves according to your law. He said, not my responsibility. You deal with this. But of course, they knew that they could not take a life without Rome doing it for them. And so he finds himself again in a hard place. Now, ordinarily, Pilate would have dismissed this crowd but because of their angry words and because of their desire to put him to death, he had to meet him and he had to speak with him and he had to interrogate him and he had to finally judge him. And uh, finally, as Jesus is summoned before Pilate, and I imagine they didn't bring him kindly, I believe they drug him around and pushed him around, as we see in the scripture. Uh, when he was afterward judged, he was taken to the, uh, to the Roman hall and those soldiers had their way with him. Remember that? They beat him and spat in his face and hit him on the head with a reed and crowned of thorns. And they said, prophesy. And they just mocked him and belittled him, the Savior, the Lord of glory. Although they didn't really realize who they were dealing with that day. Pilate was the one that gave them leave to do such a thing. This is before we get to that. And he stands now before Pilate. And in Mark chapter 15, verse 2, we read that, uh, Pilate makes this statement, Are thou king of the Jews? You know what Jesus said? He said, Thou sayest it. 
very little words. We talk about how, how uh, short the Gettysburg Address was when Lincoln gave it and uh, what a big change it made to the whole country. The Lord doesn't speak much here, but what a change it made that day. Uh, you know, he, he didn't defend himself. As a lamb, he was brought to his accusers. The Bible talks about in the book of Isaiah, like a lamb, he was dumb. He didn't try to defend himself. He said very little. And so he was asked, are you, are you the king of the Jews? He says, thou sayest it. And then that statement was to the disapproval of the Jewish contingent, for they said this. It says this that we read about him. And the chief priests accused him of many things. Notice, accused him of many things. And we know none of them are truth. None of them were truth. In fact, Jesus stands before Pilate and he answers the question to Pilate. And he says to Pilate that his kingdom was of truth. And that's that famous statement that Pilate gives, what is truth? And uh, what standing right before him was the truth. The truth, the life. God. God incarnate. And here was a mere man judging him. The king of the Jews, yes, but more importantly, king of kings and lord of lords. And again, I remind you that Pilate did not know who he was dealing with. But this is all an appointment from God. It's all in God's plan to redeem you and I. Amen? The second thing, we not only see the question of Jesus here in this text, but we see now in Mark 15, 3, the sham and the shame of Christ's accusers. Look at verse 3 of Mark chapter 15. And then we're going to move to Matthew 27. Mark 15, verse 3, the Bible said, And the chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. There's that statement again. He didn't try to defend himself. All through this passage of the Lord's passion, we find Jesus not being guilty of the crimes that they accused him of. And the high priest and the leadership of the Jews, they just kept coming at the Lord, making these making these statements, and again, it was great political power of that region that caused Pilate to, to do his job. He didn't want to lose his job and uh, lose his, um, his uh, possibility of going higher in the government and so forth. Now turn to Matthew chapter 27. It's okay to read our Bibles a little bit tonight, I hope. Matthew chapter 27. Let's take a look at, at the first few verses. Now this is, of course, a similar um, record of what's happening in Mark, in, in Mark chapter 15, but take a look at uh, Matthew 27, look at verse 1. And when the morning was come, all the priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when he had bound him, they led him away to deliver him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw uh, that he was condemned, repented himself, and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. First part of verse 4, saying, I have sinned that I have betrayed the innocent blood. Now, over and over in Scripture, we're told that Jesus was innocent. It comes in phrases like this, that he betrayed innocent blood. Look at chapter um, 27, look at verse 13 again. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? Verse 14, And he answered him never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. He was, he was perplexed here. Uh, he didn't know really what to do. 
in this conversation that he's having. Drop down to verse 21. And the governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will you have that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said, Watch this unto him. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They also say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. Verse 25, Then answered all the people and said, His blood be upon us and upon our children. See, Pilate had spoke with Christ. The false accusations came, and Jesus gave answer. And Pilate, of his own mind, thought, This man's not guilty. This man has done nothing wrong, just as the Scripture tells us. But then it's interesting, in verse 17, we see the warning of Pilate's wife. Remember that? In Matthew 27, verse 17, the words, Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will you have that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called the Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. In verse 19, when he was set down on the judgment seat. Now this is Pilate. His wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with this, what? Just man. There it is again. For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. Verse 20, But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. Again, Jesus had done nothing wrong. But Pilate's in a jam here. He knows he's in trouble. He's interviewed Christ. He's examined Christ. And he finds him to be innocent of anything that they had brought against him. And he's troubled of heart. And then his wife tells him, have nothing to do with this just man. Now, the scripture tells us her name was Claudia. She had this dream. And she wanted her husband to know about it. So she sends a note, the scripture tells us, through a servant. And, of course, he gets it and he reads it. But he's stuck. He can't do a thing about it. Again, I want us to remember that God's in charge here. You know, there are going to be times in our lives, there are going to be situations that we can do nothing about it. Nothing. Because God has brought it to pass for his purposes and his sovereign will. These are tough times, but it's the truth. We have a sovereign God that oversees our, our world, our life. Have nothing to do with this just man was her message as he sits in court. And of course, Paul appeals to this maddening crowd for a better choice. And he, he remembered that at this time of the year, Passover, he would give the Jews uh, a favor. He would let them pick somebody that could be released by the good graces of Rome and by Pilate the governor. And he thought, I know, I'll get out of this by offering Jesus instead of this Barabbas, who was an insurrectionist, who was an enemy of the state. He thought for sure that he came up with a reason to get out of this jam. But you see, there's a sovereign God over all that too. And he's working in many lives. You know, we got to remember, too, when things happen in our lives, it's not just us that's affected. 
Many people are affected. And not just for that particular day or incident, but days to come and years to come. The thing we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to trust God in his sovereign plan for us? That's not easy to do. It's easy for me to preach tonight what happened. We could all say, well, I'd do this. We don't know what we'd do. What a day brings forth, we don't know. So Pilate thinks wrong. Caiaphas and the other rulers say, no, no, no. We don't want Barabbas. We want Jesus. See, he had not planned for such rage, such hatred, such venom from the hearts of God's people over this itinerant preacher, a seeming innocent individual. I mean, in his mind, he was innocent. But he didn't think that the people would be all that disturbed of the suggestion and that they would certainly take it. But then we see the next, the verdict handed down from the judge. Now now think about this. Here's Pilate judging the God of all glory, and he thinks he's handing down a verdict. It wasn't Jesus standing before the judge that day. It was the judge of all judging him that day and all those that were against him. Look at verse 24 of our text. We're almost done, so stay with the preacher. Matthew 27, verse 24, and I'll bring it to a conclusion here. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. There he said it again. He knows he's just. And here's what he says, see ye to it. Now, I'm sure that day when he did that, he thought, well, now I'm out of this. I don't want to do this. I'm forced to do this. Jesus was falsely charged, falsely judged, and he calls for a basin to wash his hands publicly before them all that this is your decision, not mine, but not true. Pilate could have made a better judgment. And to this day, I believe that Pilate's still perhaps trying to wash his hands of Jesus Christ. All these years passed, but he'll never get the blood of him off his hands. And I'm thinking today of people that don't know the Lord. They think they can dismiss the Lord without any problem, but you know, you, you're either going to receive the Lord and his pardon of sin, or you're going to not get the blood of him off your hands if you know the truth. You know, when, when I preach, I don't, it doesn't have to be a Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You know, there could be anyone among us that does not know the Lord, and they think that they can dismiss the Lord. Not so, for we'll have to deal with Jesus Christ in this life or the life to come. I pray there's no one here tonight that has discounted Jesus Christ. I hope there's no one here tonight that is seeking uh, to somehow dismiss Christ out of their life. Now, Pilate, this Roman prefect, this governor, he finds no fault in Jesus. And he says to the crowd, take him and crucify him. It's not my responsibility. He, he feels he's done, but he's not done. Now, what a drama this was. And we're going to wrap it up here, and then we're going to have prayer groups tonight. But I, I think about here, Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. He is judging Pontius Pilate. And Pilate could have made a better choice. I believe that. 
But he chose to go along with peer pressure, with the crowd, for his political betterment, his job security. It reminds me that, you know, God is in complete control of my life. And you know what? I, I want to I treat the Lord right. I don't want to discount him in my life. Even as a Christian, I realize tonight that I will stand before the Lord someday. Do you realize that? And no, we won't go to hell, but we'll give an account of ourselves to our Savior. The Bible says in Romans 14.10, listen, Christian, but why dost thou judge thy brother? We do that, don't we? We sure do. And then Paul writes, or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? Discount your brother. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Every one of us will give an account of ourselves to the Lord of glory. Now, I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad he's not going to judge me at the white throne judgment. Amen. But I will give an account of my works for Christ since I've been saved, the way I've lived my life or tried to. But you know what? Jesus is so compassionate and gracious to us. Um, he took care of our sins at Calvary. By repenting and receiving Christ, that's all settled. But we are going to stand before this judge. I can't imagine. Pilate started that conversation thinking that he was the superior and that he was the one in, in, in control. But by the end of that personal conversation, he realized who he was dealing with. I, he didn't want to give Jesus up. And he thought by washing his hands of him that it would be over. Now this, this story speaks to my heart, so I say tonight, saint or sinner, I, most of you, I believe, are, are saved. I get that, but you never know when you preach as a preacher. When I prepare sermons, I always try to make sure somebody has an opportunity uh, to realize their need of Christ. But Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll finish tonight with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and look at verse 5. Paul writes these words. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. You know, we can look okay, but the Lord knows. <laughs> we can serve the Lord for impure motives, and the Lord knows. As a Christian man, and you being a Christian, if you know Christ, that Savior, let's make sure that our motives are right. That everything we do honors the Lord. Our family life, our marital life, our church life, our secular life, if you would, although I don't believe anything secular for a Christian. It's all important. But what we do at work and who we know and how we conduct ourselves, it's important. And one day we will stand before our God and give an account. So I say tonight, I want to be ready, don't you? I want to be sure of my relationship with Jesus Christ. And as best I know, I have the peace of God in my heart that I'm 100% in Christ. I don't doubt that at all. Years ago, I used to doubt it, but I dealt with that with the Lord, and ever since, he's given me peace about that. I know a lot of people that 
at different times of their life, they have doubts and worries. But uh, you know where that comes from. It comes from Satan. Uh, but listen, know that you know that you know. And then as a Christian, I want to be found right with God as I stand before him one day. And I want to be found faithful. Amen. You know, this life, so you serve the Lord for 20 years. So you serve the Lord for 40 years. If you fall away at the end, what a shame. I want to be found faithful, don't you? Now, tonight as we close, are you faithful? Are you right with God as a Christian? If there's someone here that knows not Christ, quit playing games with your soul. Make sure that you're not going to be judged and sent to hell someday saying, well, I did this and I did that. Because we know the scripture tells us that, you know, people can say, didn't I, didn't I, I do many mighty works in thy name? And the Lord said, depart from me. I don't want to hear that, amen. This is an awesome text. Christ's conversation with the prefect Pilate. He thought he was the governor and that he was superior, but he found out that day there was someone standing before him that was very God. And he thought he got out of it, but he never did. Let's bow our heads if we would. Every head bowed tonight. Just a reminder of who we're dealing with every day. We have a God that's willing to forgive. Amen. Use us in spite of ourselves. As I said a couple Sundays ago, we serve a great God. It's been on my heart for many days. Uh, we have people we know that need the Lord. Someday they'll stand before him. Let, let God give us an urgency to speak to them. Father, thank you so much for this text and just a reminder that you are sovereign and you are in complete control of our lives. And Lord, we never know what a day may bring forth, so help us to live each day for thee. Help us, Lord, to keep short accounts with you that we might please you in all that we do. Now, Lord, if there's one tonight lost, I pray that you please speak to their heart. If there's a Christian that's not in right relationship, I pray that they'd see they need to be. For we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.